0: All right, let's go over to the Hammerhead Hotline, and uh, Tom Deanhart is our guest. Uh, always love catching up with Tom because you know, even though we don't have any football going on, Tom, it just seems like we're starting to learn new stuff almost daily about what's been happening on spring practices. You've been doing a great job of writing stuff up with spring previews, and I knew it. It was only a matter of time. Here it is. Could Purdue play multiple quarterbacks? <laughs> I knew you couldn't stay away from it. I knew it.
1: First, I just want to say I have not entered the portal yet, so there's that. <laughs> well, oh, there's, yeah, time. there's time. There's <laughs> time. <sighs> yeah, you know, uh, spring football is wrapped up at Purdue. <clears throat> One of the first schools done. There's some advantages to that, Jared. Guys <clears> who <throat> got hurt have more time to continue c- to convalesce and heal. Players are in the weight room. They uh, have a long time now to get bigger and stronger, obviously. And, you know, a chance to digest more of the uh, – the ins and outs, the new defense for the guys on that side of the ball with, with Brad Lambert right now running that base, you know, four-man front D. So, uh, yeah, is sort of in that second phase now as they move towards the 2021 season with great anticipation. So, uh, yeah, the quarterback spot, Jared, to your original point, you're right. You know, Steph Bromson, they've always gotten – the quarterback seem like they get hurt. They have gotten hurt every year. I think he's been there, right? <laughs> Seems That's like it. type of injury with Sendlar and Blau. And Jack Plummer and then Aiden O'Connell last year has not been able to get through a season <clears throat> with just one quarterback starting every game. So, and, you know, the Jared, uh, the, there, there's a lot of competition there this year, obviously, with with, Sinlar, not Sinlar, with with Plummer and O'Connell you know, still back, as well as Austin Burton and the Reds, your freshman Michael Alamo. So, you know, there's not a big difference between the top two guys in particular, Jared. It's going to be a tight race, almost a coin flip, I think. And that just leaves me to think, you know, there, there may be a chance early on, who knows, that, that Purdue tries to look at both, maybe two guys you know, early on uh, in this 2021 season.
0: So what would be some of the X factors then for you uh, out of these guys that could possibly set them apart from each other and, and somebody to kind of get a hold on that starter job?
1: Well, you, know, you, you always want your quarterback not to turn the ball over. Uh, I, th- I think that's always a big factor. But I tell you what. You know, when Jeff Rahm spoke this spring, time and again, Jared, he mentioned <clears throat> sort of his desire to be able to execute more of a running game with his quarterback. I mean, they're not going to turn into, into a wishbone Oklahoma 1985 offense, but he wants to be able to call some design runs with his quarterback. Of course, you always want your quarterback to be able to improvise by time with his feet to extend plays as well. And just, just, just knowing Jeff has kind of been talking about that. They want more from the run game. Again, they want the quarterback to help. So the one quarterback who, who's best suited for that, who's played the most, is Jack Plummer. Um, Jack, uh, has shown an ability to, to move a little bit for a guy who's six foot five, and more so than Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell is a little bit more statuesque, if you will, more of a classic pocket passer. He does have the better arm, does throw the better ball. But again, um, Plummer still has a nice arm, Jared. So I think um, in my heart of hearts that maybe Plummer could not have been the guy who at least takes the first snap on September 4th when Purdue plays Oregon State in its opener.
0: We're talking with Tom Deanhart from uh, goldenblack.com here on the Hammerhead Hotline. Alright, so that that's the quarterback position. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about injuries, and we've talked a little bit about a couple of, you know, like uh, Jordan and, and Bramble dealing with those back yeah. injuries. I know Yanni's still dealing with this uh, hamstring, and that must have been a, a heck of an injury, but ha- have we heard anything on that injury front with those guys that were still kind of question marks from the spring?
1: Yeah, you know, um, like you said, Yanni Karloffis only played in one game last year for the for the Red Devils, that opener against Lafayette Jeff really wasn't even 100% for that game. Didn't play again, graduated uh, at the break here, enrolled at Purdue now, went through spring drills, at least that was a plan, Jared. And the hamstring injury continued to linger and uh, didn't participate in spring practice, but um, I'm, I'm told that he could be up and ready to go at least back to himself um, by June here, coming up in a month or two. So that's, that, that's good news. Uh, we all know the talent that he could bring to that defense. And, yeah, you know, Kyle Jornigan, Will Bramble, a couple offensive linemen have really dealt with some back issues that could maybe jeopardize their career. Uh, some guys who could have provided some depth up front. And Jornigan even started some games last year. Bramble started some in 2019. And, then you know, they, they just had a lot of guys out this spring, period. Uh, maybe they were recovering more so from, from surgeries and whatnot to take care of some problems in 2020. The only two guys who, who got hurt during spring practice, Dante Hunter uh, had an Achilles issue, I guess, and Mark Stickford, an offensive lineman, had a shoulder injury. Up. But otherwise, Purdue sort of came through spring ball without suffering any real other significant injuries.
0: We're talking with uh, Tom Deanhart here on the Hammerhead Hotline. Y- you got to check out all the stuff he's been doing, all the spring football previews, and reviews that he's had up on GoldenBlack.com. That's what makes the subscription stuff worth it. I uh, know Brian does a great job uh, with uh, keeping up with the transfer market as well and who Purdue might be targeting. And we kind of listen. I was keep my fingers crossed for today because I had really lucked out in booking guests last week. We had. Um, but uh, Mike Carmen on right when they made the announcement of Katie Gerald's. I booked that in ahead. I got lucky there. I had uh, Dustin Opirak on on Monday. And uh, lo and behold, over the weekend, IU got a, a head coach. So I was really hoping we would be able to talk about a uh, new assistant coach for Purdue football. Uh, yeah. It hasn't been filled yet, but I know you've said this a few times. You expect that announcement to be coming sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe today, but as we creep into this holiday weekend, uh, maybe, maybe I think, uh, we could have a pop early next week, but yeah, from, from all indications are, uh, you know, a hire could be announced here, uh, shortly. And, uh, I know, I know obviously they had a, a pretty wide net they cast. Again, we're talking about filling the role that Anthony Poindexter had on defense. He was, of course, the co-defensive coordinator slash safeties coach who left just prior to the start of spring practice for the same position at Penn State. So Purdue went through spring ball, down one coach on defense. And again, I I know they've, they've conducted a lot of interviews and talked to a lot of people, and the hires should come here shortly. So that will put into place, Jared, uh, the final piece of that defensive staff, all new defensive coaches. Mark Hagan, defensive line. I talked about Brad Lambert, co-coordinator slash linebackers coach. Ron Inglis is aboard as the cornerbacks coach, and then you add in this new hire coming. That's four coaches all new for that defense. So, again, uh, there's a lot to learn for everybody, and also I think a great deal of of anticipation and excitement to make what these guys can do on that side of the ball.
0: I'll tell you what, the the, the Mark Hagen hire, his name keeps popping up a lot. I know a lot of the uh, internet's been buzzing about uh, Popeye taking this uh, trip on up here from Westfield. Um just because of that relationship with him. I I every time I read about a defensive guy, I just I see his name pop up. There's a kid from Maryville too. I think yeah. uh, Brian wrote up a little bit of a piece on him too. And this is a name I keep on like just seeing pop up. And uh this is seeing more and more like a great hire as the uh days and weeks go on. Not that I didn't think it was to begin with, but uh it's it's really starting to settle in that boy, this is this is a good find for Purdue.
1: Yeah, Mark's tied in in the state of Indiana very well. Uh, obviously, he played football for the Carmel Greyhounds way back in the 1980s, Jared, uh, when you were still a big, well, I guess, Willie Stargell fan back then, right? And, uh, <laughs> at, uh,
0: at like one or two, yeah. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> and you know, Mark obviously
1: went to IU, did well, coached at IU, came to Purdue for about 11 years, 2000, 2010, recruited the state up and down. So, yeah, he, he's he been a heck of an asset, just a great hire by Purdue, I think, um, to bring Mark Hagen back into the fold. Not only is he good at what he does on the field with the linemen, but, again, his ability to connect to people and his connections throughout the state of Indiana are going to prove to be very valuable, I think.
0: Tom, I've had this talk with Brian in regards to basketball. He warned me with the new portal rules that uh, you're going to see a lot of kids move and it, it wasn't just going to be those like kind of – guys coming off the bench that were looking for more playing time someplace that like big time guys were you know this is going to end up being the new norm and again he wrote up a thing on the um on goldenblack.com about how the portal is going to be affecting recruiting and you know he says god are going to be the days of these like 20 some odd player recruiting classes yeah. Yeah. I, I, i'm just i'm curious i'm sure you've had the talks with him as well about what the effects will be on the game over the next several years do you see this as a, as a positive thing how are you viewing this you know, it's Jared, it's, it's new.
1: It's different. So anytime things are new or different, some people think it's bad, right?
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's good. Uh, uh, freedom of movement. These kids uh, should be able to sort of do what they want to do. I know maybe it's a headache for coaches. Um, but, again, it's part of roster management now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have high school recruiting and you have portal recruiting. And of course, you still have junior college recruiting as well. So the recruiting landscape, as Brian, you talked about, gets more and more complex, and I tell you what, buddy, it is a nice way to supplement your roster to be able to dip into the portal where you can pull out maybe a, a, a 20-year-old junior, two years of eligibility, who's already physically matured, played football at a high level, and you can plug that guy right into your lineup, whereas when you recruit these kids out of high school, obviously, a lot of times they're not ready, and we've already seen Purdue, Jared, this offseason, be very active in the portal. Um, alone they got four players from the southeastern conference uh the defense in particular has been a heavy area of of recruitment out of the portal for purdue with the defensive end from south carolina a linebacker from auburn a cornerback from florida cornerback from kentucky offensively of course they got the big right tackle from western kentucky um tyler witt who's going to start i think at right guard and you know they're in on this uh this running back from Vanderbilt, too, Jared, uh, there's a chance they could get him in if they get things worked out. So just know this, that they're always looking at the portal. They're always modeling the portal. If they find a player they think can fit, they're certainly going to look at that player very close.
0: And I heard that they were in on a, a defensive tackle as well, but there might be some hiccups yeah. with that as, like,
1: yeah. as weird. It's a yeah, I guess transferring from an academy is not as, not as uh Easy peasy is maybe coming from a traditional four-year institution. So yeah, it looks like there's some hiccups there. The door's not totally shut yet on that kit, but again, uh, maybe more of a long shot now than than, than the slam duck at first appeared to be.
0: Here's what I want to know is because I have a I had a roommate that was um, you know flo- uh, fl- flies planes and stuff uh, in, in the Air Force. From my understanding, is you got to be like five seven or so to do this. I don't understand how uh, the Air Force takes a kid, the defensive tackle sizes. What the heck is he going to be doing? Well, I think
1: I think they I think they've weighed that. There was there was because I I, I, knew, I don't know if you remember a guy named Chad Hennings. He was, a, he was he went to Air Force. He was a defensive tackle, about six foot five, two ninety. Kind of looked like Dolph Lundberg from Rocky Frocky what. What was that Rocky Four? Four, yeah, that was four. And well, he been you know, on. He on to play for the Dallas Cowboys for a long time during their their glory days in the early '90s. So I know um, they they, they they're not quite as restrictive on on you know those height minimums and maximums, I guess, and then weight maximums that maybe they used to have. At least in the Air Force Academy. <sighs>
0: See that's like it was like talking to uh Tom Shot's uh, son who went and he did with the naval academy and I'm like dude you can't fit into a submarine or an, I've seen those <laughs> corridors man why in the world are they going to like <laughs>
1: But it like That, that guy, guy just picks up the big bombs and
0: yeah, some, the wings of the planes, right? Yeah, yeah I guess somebody's got to do that, but I'm like, man, this seems like an uncomfortable life for guys your size. It's like David Robinson. Like, why in the yeah, world you would you. Yeah, why That's in the world would you want tub. to go be on a battleship or a submarine or something like that, buddy? That, that makes no sense to me with your dimensions, but hey, it is what it is, man.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, those, those are special breeds of people. I tell you what, I got all the admiration for anybody that can get admitted to an academy to begin with, and then, then, you know, matriculates through it. I mean, that's the cream of the cream, and those are special people.
0: Well, Tom DeHart, GoldenBlack.com. Again, get get the subscription, because what him and what Brian do and, and what they give you is just like such an in-depth, it's way more in-depth than what we get to. I, I'm not even mentally capable of uh, getting as in-depth with these guys as they are with the with the readers. But you'll love it, I'm telling you. It's uh, all the good inside info. They got your back. Tom Deanhart, buddy, always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, enjoy uh, your Easter weekend and uh, not too many peeps, all right? Check's in the mail, Jared,
1: and don't eat too much chocolate,
0: okay? <laughs> I make no promises, my friend. I make no promises. Enjoy your weekend, buddy. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Take care. Tom Deanhardt, everybody. Always great to have him on. Hag Tight here. We're gonna come back with the Hammer Down show and all the neat all the things that you need to know for betting uh this weekend's uh, NCAA Final Four. I got the numbers that you'll need to crunch. I think we're oversimplifying things, but we'll talk about it. That's coming up next on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com.
1: Haley's Lock, Safe, and Key has been keeping your stuff safe since 1969 and is proud to announce the arrival of brand-new safes from Browning. 2021 model Browning safes are ideal for keeping your firearms, valuables, documents, whatever you want protected with patented innovations and proven fire protection. See the new 2021 safes from Browning at Haley's Lock, Safe, and Key, 415 Earl Avenue in Lafayette and 200 West Spring Street in Crawfordsville. That's Haley.